Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. We're continuing on in our series, A Walk Through Colossians. This is part six. We're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, to chapter 2, verse 5. I've taken a lot of leadership courses in... Uh, uh, my time as a pastor, and one, one of the key leadership principles is that you want to know where you're going. If you don't have a destin- destination in mind, all you're going to do is wander. Paul is going to show us a destination in our spiritual life because it is the same with our spiritual life. We don't just get saved and then we wait for heaven. No, we are on a spiritual journey, and we have a direction in mind. And If we don't have that, then we'll just end up wandering spiritually as well. Another leadership principle that's important is after you have a a vision, a destination in mind, then you need to take concrete steps to get, get to that destination. Because a vision without action is just a a wish. A vision without uh, action is just a dream. And so Paul's going to give us some concrete steps in order to carry out our, our spiritual journey. So, now as we come to our passage today, we're also going to see not only the concrete steps and the direction of our spiritual journey, but we're going to see who the Apostle Paul is. We're going to encounter uh, the boldness of Paul, and the tenacity of Paul, and the faith of Paul. Just to remind you, Paul is writing to a church that he has never been to. It was established by Epaphras, uh, a disciple of Paul. And Paul, when he writes his letter to the Colossians, is in prison in Rome. Epaphras is in Rome with him. And obviously the church has some sort of elders or or deacons. It has a church structure and it's growing. And now Paul is is writing this letter to the church. Over the uh, uh, number of years that I've been a pastor, I've had the privilege of mentoring a lot of young leaders who've gone into ministry. let me use David Tizik as an example. Now, I didn't mentor him all that much, but he was a part of Asbury. And uh, he went off and he uh, attended school. And now he is a pastor uh, in a Wesleyan church in Digby, no- Nova Scotia. Uh, I've never been to that church. I've, I've, I don't know the people at that church. All I know about the church is, is what David has told me about the church. I cannot imagine writing to that Wesleyan church in Digby, Nova Scotia and saying, hey, I have a vision for your spiritual life. But that's precisely what Paul does to the Colossians. He writes and says, I know the direction your spiritual life is to go. I have a vision for you. If I did have a vision for the Wesleyan Church in Digby, Nova Scotia, I would think, well, I need to travel there, I need to form a relationship with them, and, they, and maybe work together. Then down the road, I could unpack my vision and, uh, and, and share it with them. That's not the Apostle Paul. Listen to his approach. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. He, Jesus, is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you and for those at Laodicea 
And for all who have not met me personally, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Paul outlines a vision. His vision is to present everyone fully mature in Christ. And then he, in verse 2, he, he outlines what this looks like. My goal is that they may encounter, that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I want to spend some time on the vision that Paul has for the Colossians. Remember, if you're going to lead someone, you need to know where you want to lead them to. Uh, Paul's destination is to bring full maturity to the people of God. He wants to take them on to maturity. He says, I want two things for, for them as a church. I want them to be encouraged in heart and united in love. Those are the prerequisites. If, if those things happen, then, then they have the opportunity to have the full riches of complete understanding. And if, if they have that, then they will know the mystery of God, namely Jesus himself. And if they know Jesus, uh, in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So let me break it down for you. If I was to come to say, and say to you, I, I want you to be spiritually mature. So in order to be spiritually mature, you need to have the, the full riches of complete understanding so that you can know Christ. What would you think that you would need to acquire that kind of understanding? My first reaction is, well, I'm going to need a good teacher. I'm going to... Uh, because understanding, I, I, I'm going to need somebody to teach me. Um, and Or maybe, maybe I could get some good books and get understanding that way. Uh, or I'm certainly going to need to engage in a Bible study because I need that for understanding. And I'll, although all of them are good, Paul doesn't su suggest any of those things. What Paul does says is that in order for them to have the full riches of complete understanding, in order for them to know Christ, my goal is that they would be encouraged in heart and united in love. Well, no teachers, no books, no Bible study. Encouraged in heart and united in love. How does that work? Well, this is so foreign to our Western world's way of thinking, um, we, we have a hard time getting it. You see, we tend to think that understanding is exclusively the domain of the mind, and that study is an individual pursuit. But putting that uh, Western mindset on Christ the Christian faith will inevitably make our spiritual lives anemic. 
if you view things through the lens of the first century followers of Christ, here's what they knew. They, they knew that, number one, they didn't really understand something until they were living it out. Understanding and obedience, understanding and living it out, were seen as synonymous things. Understanding uh, was something that you put into practice. And the way you came to know something was not just on your own, but it was in the context of community. Understanding was a communal pursuit. It was a pursuit of the whole community together instead of an individual pursuit. So how does being encouraged in heart and united in love uh, get us to the place where we have the full riches of complete understanding? How, how does that lead us to Jesus? Well, the idea of being encouraged in heart is this. It's, it's causing someone to be encouraged or consoled with words and actions. The Bible's short heart, shortcut Shorthand for uh, heart, when the Bible uses the word heart, it's shorthand for the mind, the will, the emotions, our conscience, our sense of what's right and wrong, our complete inner life. And so when Paul says, I want you to be encouraged or consoled in heart, he's saying, I want you to be encouraged and consoled in your whole interior life. Your, your mind, your will, your emotions, your, your conscience, and what you do, the choices you make. My other goal is that you're united in love. You come together as a unit. You're combined together in love. You have the riches of, of complete understanding when you are united in love and when you are encouraged in heart. That's the prerequisite to get to where you need to go. In other words, people of faith, you need each other if you're going to have the full riches of complete understanding, if you're going to really know who Jesus is. And it's not just about being together. It's about being together in such a way where you know a person's heart that you can speak encouragement and consolation into the core of who that person is. You're, able to, uh, you're not able to do that if you just have a passing relationship with someone. But you are able to do that with someone if you're walking with someone on a significant uh, level. And I know this is countercultural. We tend to think individualistically about our spiritual lives. But if we stay with what's normal in Western culture, our faith will be anemic. What Paul is saying here is that He's calling us to have an abundance of understanding that we'll really know Christ. And if we're going to do that, we'll need to be encouraged in heart. And that happens through other people. And we'll be, need to be united in love. So let me get to, uh, give some examples so that you start to get the idea of what's going on here. Um, part of the culture of the early church was that, that they would confess their sins one to another. Now, by that, I didn't mean that they would, don't mean that they would get up on a Sunday morning and say, well, you know, I was, I was a glutton this week. Now, that, that's, that's not what they would do. But they, they would have a group of people who mutually, accountability-wise, they would say, yeah, you know, I blew it this week. 
And uh, yeah, I did this thing. I, I was envious of somebody else. And the other person would say, well, you know that Jesus forgives. Let's go, you confess your sin. And they would confess their sin to each other and pray for each other. And as they would do that, there's something about that that brings healing to the soul and hope for the heart. Um, now, I would suggest that Asbury doesn't have much of this culture yet. But I'm suggesting that if we really want to encourage and console each other, that that's, that's part of a culture that needs to develop. Where we're walking with each other in, in the wins and in the losses of our spiritual lives. So we can cheer each other on, yeah. And we can say, hey, yeah, I, I, I get it. Let me walk with you to the throne of grace so we can receive mercy and find help. Another example is you'll remember the book of Colossians was one of the first New Testament books to be written. So most of the New Testament was not written when Colossians was written. And so when Paul says, says you know, you have been instructed by Epaphras, and Epaphras has been taught by Paul. So, so they've had the gospel. They've heard about Jesus. They've, they have a, a rudimentary uh, understanding of how they're to walk in the faith they're, and how to walk by faith. But there's still a lot that they need to learn. There's still a lot that all of us need to learn. So how do you learn if you don't have much of the New Testament? Well, their primary teacher was the Holy Spirit. Uh, and it was the primary teacher of all the New Testament churches. First uh, John chapter 2, verse 26 says this. John's writing to the church in Asia, and he says, I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you, lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Now when John is speaking here, he's not just speaking to the individual believer, he's, he's speaking to the church. And he's saying that the Holy Spirit teaches you. And so whenever you're hearing from the Holy Spirit in the core of who you are, you need each other to discern what is true. And that can only happen when we are together and united in love. We need to have a group of people around us who are also hearing from God and, and we share with each other, here's what I'm learning about God and here's what I'm learning about God. Here's what the Spirit has been teaching me about who He is and how He works. Here's what the Spirit has been convicting me of and, and showing me how, how to live. But we love each other enough to be able to hear from each other that doesn't quite ring true. And we're able to say that if we hear something, that, oh, no, that's, that's not quite true. We need to pray about that more because, yeah, that doesn't quite ring true as to the God that, that we've been getting to know. And if there's love, then that won't cause disunity. That will cause, okay, well, we submit to each other in love and we hear uh, with uh, from God and we, we talk with each other and we learn... Uh, what God is saying to us, and that's how we grow up. If we're hearing from God in our spirit, but we're not in a community of believers, you can get off track, 
But the church was meant to be a discerning body where we walk out uh, what God is telling us as individuals and together. And, and so remember that God is going to be teaching us not only about who he is, but how we live. And so how this would work out in a practical example is that you're, you're listening to God and, and God convicts you and says, well, I'm, I want you to love the people at work. And so you're, you're talking uh, with the, your, your group of people who you're listening with, uh, to God with together. And, and you tell them, yeah, I feel like God's teaching, uh, showing me that I need to love the people at work, and this is how I need to love them. And so you go to work, and you come back and to the group uh, in the next week or so, and, and you say, and they ask, well, how did it go with loving the people at work? Well, God showed me this, but I did, really didn't do it. I, you know... It felt awkward. I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, I just, I just wasn't courageous enough to, to do that. Well, that's part of confessing sin. It's part of consolation. The group gets a chance to encourage and to pray in. And did you really hear God in that? Yeah, yeah, I, I know that that's what he's calling me to do. Okay, well, you confess your sin. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for healing. We'll pray for boldness. We'll pray for courage. And we encourage one another on on our spiritual journey. That is what the church is meant to be. That who is, is what Paul is calling the Colossian church to be. That they would be encouraged in heart and united in love. Can you see how when the Holy Spirit is directing that, that that ends up into the, the, the fullness of understanding of who Jesus is. It leads you to this connection with who Jesus is and it allows you to, to walk into all that he's teaching about you. See, what Paul is saying here is, is nothing different than what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them uh, is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love them and I will show myself to them. When, when you're living out what Jesus shows you, Jesus has a way of revealing himself to you. And as we walk and we journey together, Paul's just saying, you need to do that as a community together, where you live out the commands of God, and, and you walk in the ways of God, and Jesus is going to reveal himself to you. And as Jesus reveals himself to you, you'll find that in him is the treasure of wisdom and understanding. Friends, I know that COVID has isolated us. I know that the church will not be the same as it was back in 2019. Things have changed. But I will tell you this. You were not designed to live your faith alone. You were designed to be part of a group of believers who were discerning the voice of God, who were united in love so we could speak the truth in love, where we know each other well enough to speak encouragement into the very core of our being and to speak consolation into the core of our being as well. I want to push on, but I want you to remember that over the next uh, years, you have opportunities to enter into those kind of communities and into those kind of places and learning to hear from God. I want to encourage you to take those opportunities. Paul goes on it says, my goal is to present you mature in Christ. Now he tells how he's going to make that, hap that happen, and next week we're going to look at what the Colossians need to do to, to walk that out. But let's take a look at what Paul is doing to help the, the Colossians become mature in Christ. 
verse, uh, Colossians 1, verse 28. Here's the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. We've been there. Okay. Next verse. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all those who have not met me personally. He says twice, I'm, I'm contending for you. I'm, I'm contending for the people in your church and the people in the church at Laodicea, and I've never met you. The idea of contending is it's, it's, it's struggling or fighting against a, a strong opposition. It may be a physical force, it may be a non-physical force, but, but he is fighting on behalf of the Colossians. Come with me to, for a moment to Colossians chapter 4, as Paul's wrapping up this, this um, letter. And here's what he writes in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends his greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, same word, contending, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. The idea of wrestling and contending, same idea. Epaphras is from Colossae, and he is contending in prayer for his home church. Paul, from a prison in Rome, is contending and is wrestling for the people in Colossae, even though they haven't met him. Paul tells the Colossians in, in, first, uh, in, in Colossians 1, verse 29, how he's contending for their spiritual maturity. And he, to this end, I'm strenuously contending with all the energy Christ so powerfully works within me. He's, he's contending uh, with the, the power of the Spirit in his life. That power of Christ, that energy of Christ is working within him. And he uses that power to fight for them, to strive for them, to wrestle for them, for the maturities of the believers in Colossae. Here's what that tells us. You need to be in a community of believers to grow to spiritual maturity. But you can be at a great distance from others and still contend for them and help them grow to spiritual maturity. Paul, being a, a scholar of the Old Testament, did not use that word wrestle or contend lightly. It brings back memories of Jacob and how he wrestled with an, an, an angel. When daybreak came, the angel said, let go of me, morning is coming. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. He wrestled a blessing out of the, out of the angel. Paul is contending for the Colossians in prayer. He's praying God's blessing on them. Paul is contending against the evil one for them, who would try to thwart the work of God in them. Paul is contending by the power of the Holy Spirit so that he knows how to pray for them. And he is wrestling in prayer that they might have all they need to grow up into spiritual maturity as the Spirit of God guides him in prayer. You need a community of believers to grow to spiritual maturity, but you can from a great distance uh, from others help still contend for them and help them to grow up into spiritual maturity. Paul is in a Roman prison, but he's still contending for others. We're in a COVID lockdown, but we can still contend for others. We could contend for the church in Cuba, where our church has a connection. We can contend for the Free Methodist Church of Canada, for our brothers and sisters across our nation. 
we can contend for for uh, our, our our missions uh, that we support. You see, your prayer matters. They make a difference. See, when a church does missions work outside its own community, part of its responsibility is to contend for that mission and those uh, people who are serving in that missions. Some of you are seniors and you're not as mobile as you used to be. Would you contend in in prayer for Asbury, just like Paul did for the Colossians? Would, Would you contend for us? that we would become spiritually mature, that, that we would know, be united in heart, and, and that we would uh, encourage each other. We desperately need people to pray, that we would reach maturity in the faith. We need people to wrestle in prayer, that we might be encouraged in heart and united in love. Without those kind of people, we will not be the kind of people God's calling us to be. Seniors, we need you. We need you to wrestle in prayer for us. Prayer warriors, we need you. We need you to wrestle in prayer for our church. People of God, would you contend for us and wrestle for the spiritual maturity of our church? We're on this journey towards spiritual maturity. That's the vision. That's the goal. That's the direction where we're headed. Hear the word of the Lord, paraphrase for you. Our hope is that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that you may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I pray for our church that we would be a people who grow to to full maturity in you, that we would have that treasure of wisdom and knowledge that come from you. Lord, that we would be united at heart uh, and and that we would be united in love and, and, Lord, that we would encourage each other in heart. I'm praying, Lord, that you would speak grace into our lives in such a way that we would be the kind of people who live out community well Lord, I know we're going countercultural, so we need your help. We need to show us who we need to make connections with and to that will help us to walk forward in this regard. Lord, give us grace not to wait for others to reach out for us uh, to us, but for us to reach out to others. Help us to learn to walk with each other well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.